Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Go back to December 2018. If you're a K-State fan and follow things closely, you knew that Chris Kleiman had been hired and was on his way to become Kansas State's new coach. The press conference is pending. The Jet had gone to Fargo to retrieve Chris Kleiman and bring him back to Manhattan to sign a contract, to have a press conference, and all that. And a crew from K-State, mostly social media people, went on that plane and were there with him, and it turned out to be incredible social media. I mean, they had photos and video of him on the plane as they flew over Bill Snyder Family Stadium all lit up. It was really cool. But there's a dude on the flight, and everyone went, who is that guy? Little did we know that was Hank Jacobs. And little did we know that Hank Jacobs is, forgive me for this, the hand to the king, the right-hand man. That's a Game of Thrones reference. Okay, I like the Game of Thrones. But he should have the little hand, you know, that little badge they would wear, because to get to Chris Kleiman, you probably have to go through Hank Jacobs. He is the gatekeeper. He's organizational. He goes to a lot of meetings. He basically represents Kansas State football when Kansas State football needs to be somewhere, like in a campus meeting about branding, all of those things. That's Hank Jacobs' job. His title is Director of Football Administration. It's the first time K-State's had that title in its athletic department. And Hank Jacobs is kind of cutting a path on how to handle this. In, in the past, this was something maybe that Sean Snyder did for his father while Sean carried the title of Director of Football Operations or Senior Associate AD for Football Operations. And then someone else actually did the Football Operations. So they've kind of parsed out the titles now. And Hank's office, little area, is right outside of Chris Kleiman's office. He literally is a gatekeeper. Welcome to the PowerCat Sources Podcast, the podcast in which we talk to the people that we at GoPowerCat.com consider our sources. But this fall, we're using this Sources Podcast to talk to all of the coaches and many of the administrators connected to the Kansas State football program. We've done a bunch of the coaches. In fact, we're running out of coaches. And during the off week, we picked off an administrator, Hank Jacobs. And Hank has been with Chris Kleiman for a while. He was an offensive lineman on the North Dakota State football team from 2009 to 2011. Now you remember Hank, the big guy, the big guy on the plane. Jacobs came to K-State following a 10-year run at North Dakota State in which he was part of of seven national championship teams. He was originally hired in a full-time capacity in August 2015 as director of football recruiting for North Dakota State before 
being elevated to director of football operations in 2016. In his previous position, Jacobs coordinated the day-to-day operations for the football staff, including team travel, campus visits, and other recruiting activities. He is a native of Wisconsin, ended up in North Dakota to play football, found his passion for football, not just coaching, but serving as an administrator for a football program, overseeing all the things that go into a football program off the field. And now he's here in Manhattan, and he really does play an enormous role in what's going on with K-State football because he's highly organized. His hand is still in recruiting. His hands are in a little bit of everything as it relates to Kansas State football. And right now in this COVID-19 world, Hank Jacobs is really tied into that quite a bit. He's overseeing a lot of things. Mostly, though, Hank Jacobs sets a tone for the program. He represents the program. And he takes his marching orders from Chris Kleiman, and the two are intertwined. Chris Kleiman might be at Kansas State for a long, long time. Or maybe, as you know, football coaches move on. Maybe he moves on. And I would imagine Hank Jacobs will go with him. We will see. But during the off week last week, we took some time to talk to Hank. It was a perfect time when it was downshifted just a hair, and Hank could spare a half hour, 45 minutes, so that myself and Ryan Wallace from the Go Powercat staff could team up to talk to Hank Jacobs, Director of Football Administration for the Kansas State Wildcats. And now we bring in our guest, Hank Jacobs, along with Ryan Wallace from the Go Powercat staff. Hank, I was just noticing you're down a hundred pounds. I mean, that's that's getting stuff done during a pandemic. Yeah, it, it is. I, uh, you know, the pandemic has threw some some wrenches at my life, but try to focus on getting my personal life in, in order. Um, I got engaged in May, um, and then over the summer, I just started working out and eating better, and here I am. So I'm I'm excited about that, but. Um, more excited that we're actually playing football right now. So, well, congratulations on the engagement. Someone from Thank up you. in Fargo, I assume. No, down I met here. a Kansas girl when I got down here. Really? Well, good for yeah, you. Yeah, from Ellsworth, mm. Central Kansas. Can't beat it. Yeah. Well, she's from. She lives in Manhattan, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations. That's that's Thank awesome. Um, does she know she's engaged? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. I, I want to make sure it was. Just talk to you. <laughs> um, yeah. So what is uh, – how has the pandemic changed what you do on a day-to-day basis as the director of football administration for Kansas State? Anything? Yeah, I think it's changed a lot. Um, number one, I mean, probably the biggest thing is just recruiting. I mean, we'd have kids here every day if we could. Uh, or high school prospects, and now they can't even show up on campus. Obviously, a lot of that has gone virtual, um, but it's just it's it's changed so much from a recruiting standpoint. Um, as far as operational, I mean, we get a different curveball. Feels like every day, um, and so a lot of my time is spent on that um, and trying to come up with a solution for everything, and uh, just just doing the best we can with pretty much zero experience on how to handle it football team through a pandemic and we just try to make the best decisions possible. And then I still go through my daily checklist as far as emails and, and, and recruiting and looking at lists and um, stand up on the injury report, all that stuff. Um, and just being a, a communicating with coach Klein all the time and, you know, with the coaching staff and recruiting staff kind of being that link between 
the support staff and the, and the coaching staff. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's changed a lot though. And um, if, if you're, if you don't have to be around the players, our philosophy here is during the pandemic, you're going to be around the players. Um, so that, that's kind of changed a lot too. Cause I used to, you know, go out to practice. I still go out to practice, but I just have to kind of be away from everything. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, you had another yeah. rash of, of cases. Uh, I'm guessing the guys that didn't go to West Virginia had a good time back in Manhattan. Is that where most of these cases came from? You know, I don't know. I don't get that information from our medical staff. Um, but who knows? I mean, they could have got it from their family. They could have got it from um, another another teammate. We don't know. Yeah. It's all over Manhattan right now. Yeah. I know the track mm-hmm. team got hit. All over the really. country. Yeah. Um, so it's, I hate to say it this way, it's almost impossible to keep everyone away because sometimes you don't even know where they got it from. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's frustrating. It's yeah. frustrating. Does Hank Jacobs think we'll get this season finished unscathed without a postponement at Kansas State? Um, I'm not sure. Just every day we're we're waiting on test results and waiting to see. Um, I believe our kids have done a really good job staying away from things and, and doing a great job with that. So, I mean, I hope we I hope we don't have a postponement. But the world of college football, you never know this year. Yeah, the SEC is getting torn up this week. Just their schedule's mm-hmm. getting shredded. I'm. I'm just amazed that you've gotten seven games into the schedule without. Yeah, it is, it is amazing. I was talking to Casey last week. <laughs> we were just talking about Casey Harper, our director of football ops, just talking about everything we've been through in the past 14 weeks. And, you know, the fact, the fact that we played seven games is, is pretty remarkable. Like walking so. through a minefield and not, not stepping yeah. so far. <laughs> yeah. Hank, you wear so many different hats, but. You know, what would you say is the most challenging aspect of your job? And as you were talking about already with, with all the circumstances that this season has brought, does that biggest challenge for your job, has it become even more difficult this year? Making sure everyone on the same, is on the same page and moving in the same direction is probably the most difficult part of my job and having the correct communication between people. Um, and, yeah, it does make it more challenging because you can't have a lot of those conversations in person. A lot of them are through phone call or through text um, and just making sure people are reading texts and reading emails and following up. And that, that does make it a little bit more challenging. You mentioned recruiting, obviously, uh, as yep. you know, one of the, like I said, many hats that you wear. Um, describe for the listeners, I guess, kind of your role in regards to that department. Um, there's a lot. I mean, in regards to that department, there's a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> I just overseeing the whole thing. I don't know. I, I check a lot of lists every morning. I have a daily duty to do that. Um, I can make sure our database is up to up to date and kind of making sure everything is aligned. We have all the correct information in there. Um, and then I, I mean, I'm constantly communicating with Taylor about kids and and all that. There's, there's so many different things. I don't think there's one duty that I have in specifics that in recruiting. But Taylor's a really good as far as just talking to kids, um, I do, I think I do a pretty good job of digging kids up and finding kids along with, uh, Chuck Lilly. How has that changed? And we, we talked to, to Chuck about this as well, but you know, I wanted to get your perspective on it as well. Um, how have things changed the fact that, like you said, digging up kids, do you find yourself kind of scouring the interwebs to find guys or, or do you have enough connections where 
guys are kind of brought to you in some shape or form? It's, it's probably a combo. Um, I get hit up by a lot of coaches from the upper Midwest just because of the relationships I, I you know, fostered and, and created in North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota. And then I'm, I'm, I do go through lists every day um, through our different recruiting services that we have. And, and, I, and I take pride in finding kids and um, digging kids up and getting to know information on them. Um, but yeah, it, it's a combination of both, I would say. And you got to have trust in those people as well. And I'm getting, you know, over time, I'm getting to know more Kansas coaches and Missouri coaches. The people that I know the most are from Minnesota and North Dakota. Go through what a virtual tour is like for you. What, how you put it together, what it, what it feels like for the recruit. Yeah. So Kelly and Taylor and Chuck kind of put those together, but I mean, it's, it's all about just meeting um, different people in, in our department that are going to have an impact on their life when they're here. Um, whether it's from Scott Troush and nutrition uh, coach Dawson in the weight room, uh, their position coach, coach Kleiman, um, we try to get them looped in with as many people as possible. Coach Hall development. Um, yeah, I mean, and they just kind of meet with those people. Um, we're showing them facilities as we walk and we talk, um, and, and getting them around the correct people. And that's, that's kind of the best we can do right now. I know Taylor has taken kids around in his Jeep, um, through campus and everything and, uh, through, through Manhattan, and that's the best we can do right now. And we're just trying to make those visits as, as great as possible for those, for the young men that are, that are taking the virtual visits. And I couldn't, I couldn't imagine making a college football decision. I give them a lot of credit based off a virtual visit. And there's a lot of kids that have gotten a car and, or on a flight and come to Manhattan for a game, but they're just not getting that personal touch from our coaching staff that we wish that we could give them. And the dead period's been extended even farther down the road now. I, you know, there, I think there's some confusion on that. Um, I think they're voting on it next Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't technically gone mm-hmm. through. And I think that's, that's a football and a basketball decision from what I understand. Uh, you're right. I can't imagine trying to decide a, a university choice, let alone a football choice, which is a whole other right. level of, of information you need to call. Yeah. I, I just can't imagine mm-hmm. and, doing it. And unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately, one of our biggest sells is game day year. I mean, right. the atmosphere here is something you can't replicate through a phone call. Um, and we do the best we can with that. Um, and uh, just just want to get these kids back on campus as soon as possible. If the NCAA says that's April 15th, it's April 15th. Um, and we're not going to try to skirt the rules or anything. Um, but we just got to do the best we can with the virtual visits and be creative as possible with those. It's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Game day, uh, is it much different for you guys other than the fact that not having a crowd, or is it? Is there another layer of stuff we don't see? That is uh, I think, place? I mean, as far as affecting the game, the crowd noise would be helpful, um, especially on third down and everything. And our our uh, our marketing people and our and our stadium operations people do a great job of putting in the crowd noise to the level that the big 12 deems um, acceptable. Um, but it, I mean, you can tell, I mean, when you're running out, it's not a big, the big crowd that you're used to or, or want to have, and it's not as loud on third down and, and all those, all those things. But um, 
yeah, that's probably the biggest difference from a game operation standpoint is just the noise and the, and, and on the road too, you don't, I mean, we prepare for a little bit of noise, but not a ton. Yeah. That's just speaking a, of games. Um, you don't have one <laughs> this week Yeah, for you is, is a bye week or an off week. Is it, um, is it better for you? Is it, or is it more busy? Do you find yourself having to do more on a, on a bye week? Um, it's about the same. We just don't have the Saturday or the, or the Sunday, but we, I mean, we work every day. So whether that, I think we come in an hour later than usual. That's nice. Yeah. How about something else that I know Fitz and I have struggled with me in particular, because I'm, I'm Fitz can attest to this. Probably one of the worst human beings at math you can find <laughs> at least in the state. Uh, Taylor Brat. <laughs> like, how do you even attempt at this point to handle scholarship and participation like numbers? Like, I guess, how, how do you move forward knowing that some guys can come back? And, I mean, from an eligibility standpoint, yeah. it, like it could be a real headache. Well, I think, I think we have to rely a lot on our compliance who keeps us in line with scholarships um, and just, just plan the best we can and count, the best we can. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still as simple math, but it comes down to a lot of people's decisions. Um, and it is difficult to plan for, but we're moving forward. And I mean, I don't, we just do the best we can, I guess. Does it make you gun shy on how many to take in 21? Um, yeah, football rosters change all the time. So I don't think there's a, yeah, shy or not gun shy so and now with these are approving a lot of transfers and they want to give a free transfer at some point mm -hmm. i guess uh, there's gonna be a lot yeah. of fluid movement a lot yeah country. i mean it's just i mean we get paid to make decisions and and get stuff right and we got to put ourselves in the best position from a roster management standpoint and just be organized with it and um, make sure we're all on the same page and moving in the same direction. Um, and the coaches need to be too, because they got to know what they're looking for and where they have needs at and wants at. I know you're not done with the 2021 class. Um, you probably may be very close, but at the same time, just from an overarching perspective, is there something that when, when this class is done and signed that you're going to look back on and say, wow, I'm really proud of how the staff, how we as a program handled this this class i mean is it is it as simple as wow we made it through the year with covid uh or is it there's something deeper that you're really proud of about I how mean, you guys handled it i mean we're all dealing with covid so i don't know if there should be it's not like it's a free year um we still have to win at a high level and, and do things at a high level and operate within the parameters that are set forth by our administration and, and everyone involved at k-state and ncaa but um i mean it's funny coach Malone he said if you survive coaching through COVID you should get a patch on or on game day that says I coached in COVID um so yeah I mean we'll take pride in it and you can always harp on you know go back to this year and if you're having a a, a, a not so great year um you can go back to this year and be like god I can't believe we made it through that one if we can make it through that one we can make it through anyone so very true and we do, I mean, we, it, it's nice to have a, we, we have, um, you know, we don't, we have less issues, I think, than most other places. So, I mean, our kids have done a great job in this whole process um, with COVID. 
I mean, they're, they're following the social distancing rules, wearing masks, staying away from each other off the field, all that stuff. They do a great job. And our athletic training staff as well has done an unbelievable job. Well, that's so funny because staying away from each other off the field is not what you usually want. I mean, usually you mm-hmm. want that cohesion built in even Absolutely. social situations. And now you're like, just stay the hell away from everyone. <laughs> just it, it, It's so weird. This is just it's sad. Oh, it's weird. I mean, yeah. College football is about loving your teammates and being around them as much as possible and getting to know people from different backgrounds. And it's hard to do now. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't wait for it to hopefully one day go back to what it was. What is the the testing process? Do the kids all have to go to over to Lafine or? Um, it, some happen in house and some happen over at Lafine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's changed. I mean, it doesn't change, but it's different. And I mean, are they still doing the nasal stuff? Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah, How fun no, are those? It's, uh, do you it's enjoy that? Back. It's just kind of like halfway oh. up the nose. Oh, okay. I was, yeah. I was going to say, do you, do you have to do those regularly as well? Yeah. Coaches and staff are once a week. And so you've kind of become used to it now. Just, yeah, just... I mean, <laughs> it's part of the job, part of the problem. <laughs> you want to be part of college football this year. You got to get tested every week. And I'm, I'm thankful because our, you know, our administration and people in the big 12 and the NCAA, they, I mean, it's not like it's free to get tested. Um, so I know if I have COVID or coronavirus, you know, I get tested. So I'm, I'm pretty grateful for that. Let's take a little pause right now on the Paracat Sources podcast. Ryan Wallace and myself will be back with Hank Jacobs, Director of Football Administration for the Kansas State Wildcats. The Paracat Podcast will be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, You transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We now send it back to the PowerCat podcast. I want to go through some of these coaches. What's Van Malone like around the office? I don't know. I, to compare him to someone, I don't think I could. He's, he's a different, different person than most. Um, he's energetic, though. He's, he is. You know, you hear a lot of those 
I mean, he, he has a lot of one-liners or, or stories to tell when, when he's speaking to the media and he's probably the same way in person. Um, he harps back on those stories and a lot of, a lot of, um, yeah, it's just fun to be around and, and funny and, um, yeah. Is Joe Klanderman all business? No. <laughs> no. I don't know why he comes off like that. He does. Yeah. He's he's a really fun dude to be around. Joke telling, same type of thing. I mean, he's got stories for days. Okay. Uh, I was uh, able to get Coach Tui to talk for 30-plus minutes on one of these. Was that a minor yeah. miracle? Uh. No, I okay. wouldn't say he's not a, he's, I wouldn't say he's a quiet, I mean, he's a little bit reserved, I guess, but he's not a quiet person or quiet dude. I mean, no, I wouldn't say that. Okay. He's a really person is easily approachable, all that stuff. Have you ever golfed with Courtney Messingham? Uh, I'm not a big golfer, so I have not. I was over there for Christmas last year and they went out golfing, um, cause he looked, um, they went out golfing on Christmas, which was odd to me because I'm from a more northern environment. Um, and that was my first Christmas where it was above, I think, 65 degrees. But That's weird. I've seen him golf, and he's, he's, he's pretty good. He's got that old man mid-range game. Um, doesn't hit it very far, but he's accurate. Okay. Did it surprise you at all, Hank? Like, I mean, I don't think it, it would surprise me necessarily, and not to say that I know you guys, but like I said, it seems like – this is just a really open, you know, easy to like staff. But I mean, how, the, the transition, was it as seamless as, as you thought it would be with, you know, kind of half the North Dakota State guys coming in? You guys all know each other like the back of your hand. Yep. And then a couple of these new guys. And then you just click like that. Um, I, w I mean, I think we're all pretty approachable people. I mean, we, we're all really good family men. Uh, men of faith, you know, we're good, you know, they're good husbands, good people. I think that's kind of why we all get along is because we're just all really genuine, kind, good people. Um, and that's something you can't really negotiate on in, in the hiring process of a coach. And that's kind of, I think, why we all get along. We're all keep our office doors open and come in and talk whenever you want. And it's the same way with our players. Is that a, that seems like it would be, high on the kind of checklist for interviews. I mean, when you interviewed Chuck, for instance, I mean, mm -hmm. is, is the ability to gel with the staff, is that as high as almost anything else you're looking for? Uh, yeah. And you also got to be, you know, have evidence so that you can actually do the job and can be right. Drive in, in the profession and, and do all those things. But yeah, it, one of the things is take them out to dinner and do you have a good time with them or not? You know, that's, that's a question I ask myself. And if, if you do, then they're probably a fit. If you don't, then they're probably not a fit. Um, and obviously they can't be um, bad people, but, um, and then we rely a lot on, you know, background information from the people that they worked with and people that we trust. Here's something else that, that fits you. You kind of sprung this to my attention when we were going through the, the Rolodex of coaches here. Maybe it's coaches, maybe it's players, Hank. I want to know. Who is in charge of the music at practice? Uh, we, well, the equipment staff, it's coming from their phone. And we kind of have a different day. We play different, well, Monday, we play mostly hip-hop and rap. 
Tuesday is uh, classic rock. Wednesday is country. And then Thursday is supposed to be throwback, but we don't play a whole lot of music on Thursday because it's supposed to be like a kind of a more locked in focus type of day. So we're only playing it for like three periods a day. Um, who, who seems to always want to play DJ? I mean, who's, whether it's a player or a coach, is there somebody that's always... Justin like, Hughes is always asking me to switch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then other than that, he's, he's really the only one lately. Last year, it was... Uh, um, um, Tyler Mitchell asked me to change the music a bunch. Yeah, other than that, Hayden Gilman, you know, he likes to ask me about music. They all think they have the greatest music taste ever, but... <laughs> Which is impossible because I do. So uh, <laughs> I'm taking it Tyler Mitchell wanted uh, to switch to country all the time. Yeah. Yeah, he but looks there, like that. I mean, he was excited on Wednesday whenever we played it. So, I mean, got to adhere to everyone's background and cultures. And I like all different types of music, so it doesn't bother me. Justin Hughes, um, I bet you he likes some classic rock. <laughs> I bet you he sneaks some classic rock in and may not admit it, but he's kind of a... A worldly Maybe. young man. <laughs> Maybe. I, I hope he leaves here and he likes different types of music. And What about what about this, Hank? Um, and and Fitz, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is usually one of the more hot topics on our message board at least once, twice, three, five times a year. Hank, have you been involved yet? I say yet. Maybe this year was a bad year for it, but in any of the uniform meetings and is there anything you can pass on about traction on that front? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm directly involved in the uniform meetings. We have a branding committee at Kansas state and we meet uh, every other week, I would say. And we talk about everything that is involved with our brand. Um, uh, this year, just, I don't know. We'll see. I think we meet again next Wednesday. So it's He's been keeping easy. the door open, Fitz. He's I know. <laughs> I know. He's, we'll see. We might have uh, like an outline of skinny Hank Jacobs on the side of the helmet by the end of the year. <laughs> no, it's not about me. It's about the power cat. Okay. Um, yeah. What? How protective is K-State of the, quote, brand? And did you get any pushback with the switching of some stuff last year? Um, there's some, I mean, people, you're never hundred percent like this, like that. Don't like this. Don't like that. So there are some upset fans about why are we wearing a white helmet? You know, why did we take the power cut off the helmet? But it's really, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's, it's a recruiting decision as far as switching a Jersey up. And we, the power cat itself is a powerful symbol. Um, and we wanted to still incorporate that in some way. I think we put it on the bumper of the helmet when we wore cats. Um, and, and we still want to, we still want to wear that and have that as our badge um, because it does mean something, you know, it means more than just, Hey, that's the symbol for K-State for former players and people who have graduated from K-State. It, it may mean something to them, you know, integrity, character, everything that goes into being a wildcat um, is in that symbol. Um, and that, you know, it's powerful. So we want to, put it on as many things as we can. Now, is there time for a curveball and a switch up every once in a while? Yes. Um, 
how many times you do that a year. I don't know what the correct number is, um, but we, we still want to make sure the power cat is, is on the forefront of everything. Every time you switch up, is it possible to win in a switch up? Because it hasn't happened yet. It's an amazing thing. I had someone yeah. ask me, why don't they wear alternatives for uh, KU? That seems like a safe way to break this jinx if there is one. <laughs> it's all the kids playing well and, and yeah. working Monday through Friday. There's nothing new with what they're wearing. Well, I know that, but <laughs> tell that to fans. Although, yeah, I mean, I don't mean to harp back on North Coast State all the time, but our alternates we didn't lose in, so... That's better. That's better than yeah. losing. <laughs> <laughs> Hank, you mentioned recruiting, so I wanted to use it as a segue to slide one more recruiting question at you. Sure. Um, with the 2022 class, and obviously we know you, you can't touch on, on any names in, in, uh, specifically, but would you say that this is the first group um, that you guys have finally kind of had a full shot at establishing a relationship with before the cycle quote officially starts. Cause I mean, you know, 2019 you're scrambling to kind of pick up pieces 2020 mm -hmm. you're, you're kind of still meeting, you know, kids and getting used to Kansas and maybe yep. even for 2021 too, maybe this, I don't know if fans really understand the yeah. appreciation that goes into the, what you guys have done behind the scenes with this 2022 class coming up. Yeah. And I think more than anything, it's finding out about the roster that we inherited um, and it was a great roster. Coach Snyder did a great job here with the players um, and the, the recruits that he had. Um, but it, it's about figuring out that roster so you know what to go after and what you're looking for and the players that you're recruiting um, in the future. Um, and it was our first full swing at a cycle, 2022 is. Um, and, you know, you, you figure out what you want in a player at Kansas State more than anything. Um, and identifying those things and, ma and making sure you're correct. Knowing your roster, uh, can you tell us, are there any positions that you're still looking at for 2021 before we get to 2022? I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, we're looking for, we're just always trying to improve as far as a position. No, I mean, just looking for the best players out there. Okay. Uh, Another staff and question. And kids that want to be at K-State. Sure. Uh, another staff question. How much is working with Taylor Bratt and how much is like kind of babysitting Taylor and, and keeping him out of trouble? Because uh, Taylor hears his own drumbeat. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's easy um, to say. You know what? I've, I really enjoy working with Taylor. He's always upbeat. Yeah, he is. He's always fun. Um, and he's – he, I know he calls himself um, sad, but he is so much more than that and so much more talented than that. Um, and he's just, I think he's just being humble because he's really good at his job. He can communicate with anybody. He can sell to anybody, and it's genuine. And um, he loves K-State, and he'll do anything for this university. Um, and, you know, he keeps – I mean, he's organized. He's on top of everything. Um, he's very forward-thinking. I mean, he's, he's more than just a loud mouth. Um, he's, he's, he's good at his job. He's, he's pretty talented. Um, and I enjoy working with him and the kids trust him. Um, and he has more relationships with this, the people on this team than I would say anybody else. How cool was it when he got the, the sledgehammer in the locker room after the KU? That was pretty awesome. 
Yeah. He, he did. He looked like a kid at Christmas. Hey, he was just so happy. It was just amazing. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. He, he could he he could get one of those every game, honestly. Mm-hmm. How about how about a little bit on Hank Jacobs and Fitz? I did some background research here, so I go. think this this could be fun here. Okay. Does the name Fred Phillips mean anything to you? First, Fred off? Phillips. Okay, that that's that's the like birth name. What about Ric Flair? Because. Oh, yeah. Rick Flair fits. Went to Wayland Academy. Went to Wayland Academy in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin, home yep. of Hank Jacobs. Yes. Yeah. Woo! Well, he, I think I think Flair's really from Chicago. Does he ever have you ever seen? I mean, there's still family no, he, connections in Beaver no, Dam. I don't think so. I think he just Wayland's a, a a private academy in Beaver Dam. Actually, I lived. No, I wouldn't say a block away from Wayland growing up. Um, I went to Beaverdam high school, so I didn't go to the private school, but yeah, I, I don't, it's, it's kind of an odd fact that <laughs> I went to high school at Wayland Academy. How about this about Beaverdam, Wisconsin? If Fitz and I were to go up there, okay. Yep. Would we, would we have more fun? I mean, what, what would you recommend from a tourist perspective? The Midwest cream cheese competition or the taste of Wisconsin event? The taste of Wisconsin event. The, the taste of Wisconsin yeah. is, sounds great. You, there's cheeses you can taste and craft beers, correct? Correct. Yep. That's awesome. Middle of downtown Beaverdam. Tremendous. Yeah. Yep. And then as far as other tourist attractions, the lake is, is nice. Um, actually, Beaverdam is, have you guys ever been ice fishing? No. No. Love to. Okay. <laughs> no. The uh, the tip ups that are made. Do you guys know what a tip up is? Nope. Nope. Okay. It's a it's a little it's a flag that's connected to like a board that you put over your ice fishing hole, and it's connected to a string. Where if you get a bite, the flag goes up, um, and uh, you know that you have a bite, so you go take your fish out of the hole, and then you got something to eat later on. Maybe you mount it, uh, and it's uh, those are made to be rammer. One of the best ones out there is made in Beaver Dam. So that's kind of the fact about Beaver Dam. You know, I, I don't want to do anything that involves walking on a frozen lake. Yeah. I'm a 300-plus pound man, and I don't trust that much. Yeah, it's not as scary as you think. I mean, that ice is mm-hmm. 20 thick, if not more. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, pickup's gone, so... <laughs> Well, if I if, if there's a pickup out there, I'll know that it'll go first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I take it you've enjoyed your time in Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, love it here. Um, number one, obviously, I met my future wife here, so I'll always love it here. Um, and her family is from here. And then um, just the people in the community. I mean, they support K-State, and they're, they do it in the way. Um, and yeah, everything about this place is, is special to me. You know, it was my first Power Five job. So, how fortunate do you feel? You're a young guy, and you're sitting at the right hand of the king, King Climbin. <laughs> the king, um, yeah. It's a pretty cool job to have for a guy your age. Yeah, I would say so. I'm pretty blessed. Um, I probably put in a, the right situation at the right time, and um, just it's been a blast so far, and. We've won a lot. We've we've been through challenges together, and um, we've overcome a lot of challenges together. We've along the way we've coached some incredible young men, 
and, and been a part of their lives. And um, hopefully we do it for another however many long years. For fans who don't know him, haven't met him, have only seen him at press conference or on the sideline, what is Chris Kleiman like as a person? I just said really genuine. Yeah. Cares about everyone, cares about making an impact in people's lives um, and, and wants to be there for as many people as possible. Wally, you got anything else? I guess the only other thing I was going to ask, and, and Fitz kind of touched on it here, the question before uh, – the one about coach Kleiman and is, is that, do you, do you feel stress? I mean, like Fitz said, I mean, technically you're young in, in the profession, you know what I mean? So, I mean, is it, do you feel anxiety and like being overwhelmed? It seems like, you know, you, like I said, you wear so many different hats. Yeah. Is that something that has come with the job or, or are you naturally pretty, you know, got good artillery to a lot of that stuff where you don't let yeah, it. I, I would say I have a lot of really great people in my life, including coach Kleiman that I can lean on if I, put myself in a stressful situation, but there are a lot more stressful things in coaching college football. Um, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, number one. So working in the hospital first and foremost and be on the front lines with that, be a soldier. Um, and there's, there's more adversity that I'll face outside of football. Um, that, that's really stressful being a, a police officer, being a, um, you know, making a difference between life and death. That's, that's stressful work. Coaching college football is not stressful work. Now, is it, can I get let go or fired or whatever more easily? I don't know, but um, I just think of all those people and, and what they do for us. Um, and to me, that's more stressful. So I think a teacher is probably more stressful. Uh, all that stuff. I mean, we, we go out on Saturday and, and play a game and coach a game. It's not life and death. So. Hank, I appreciate it, man. I know you yeah. got other stuff to do. Yeah. Not eating. Uh, that's not on your schedule, apparently. <laughs> okay, man. Well, beer. when we get on the other side of this, the three of us are going to have a beer. We might even, Absolutely. We might invite yeah, I Taylor. Need, I need a Wisconsin like craft beer that I need. Yeah. To I mean, obviously, Spotted Cow is yep, a, yep. yeah. Um, there's Lion Kugels in this area. Uh, River West. I mean, there's a bunch of different ones up in Milwaukee and in Wisconsin. Um, yeah, if you ever get a chance, go to Lacrosse. They got kind of a cool craft beer scene. Hmm. Yeah, I was up at Oshkosh not that mm -hmm. long ago. Yeah, um, near me. Yeah, doing stuff for Garmin and gotcha. cool area. Yeah, I, yeah. I I think Wisconsin's really pretty. Yeah, Wisconsin, Minnesota, all that. That's an that's kind of a part of the country I'd like to visit. Fits depends what time of year, but yeah. Mm -hmm. sure. yeah. Well, I'm, I imagine the snow's pretty unless you can't get out of it. <laughs> and I'm just I'm, I don't want to live north of here. You're, the, you're... Snow, the snow sucks there, but the ice here is more. Uh-huh. Than it is in the upper Midwest, and ice is worse than snow, in my opinion. But maybe that's because I'm not. Yeah. Used to yeah. No, I, I agree. 100%. I mean, that's the yeah. thing with Kansas is it'll be freezing cold, and then the next day it'll be 45 and start to melt stuff, and then drop yeah. down and you get a sheet of ice. Welcome to yeah, Kansas in the winter. Right. Yeah. But at least it melts, and you don't have snow on the ground four months out of the year, five months out of the year. I agree. Well, I'm really ready to win the Powerball and be wealthy and have a summer <laughs> home. In a winter home, a Vegas home, a beach home. I don't know how many homes. We all want that. Yeah. 
I, I, oh, I meant to ask you, Hank, um, have you ever been to a game like at Lambeau or, or is it really right. that hard to get tickets? You know what I mean? Uh, my brother-in-law has tickets. Uh, so the last time we were, I was home actually for winter between uh, Christmas and, and uh, New Year's. We went to a football game. I was thinking it was 2018 um, or 2017 maybe. Was one I don't know. Aaron Rodgers wasn't playing, so it kind of sucked. But um, yeah, and I, we used to go to one every year. Um, just know people in the area that have tickets. And my dad was a, a bank president, CEO, so he had enough connections where we could get um, tickets from whether it be farmers or um, business owners or whoever. But yeah, it is hard to get on the season ticket list. Yeah, so yeah I'm, a, I'm a partial owner. Um, I own one stock. I think it cost me a hundred bucks, but I did it just to say, just to hang the picture on my wall. <laughs> okay. So Ryan Wallace and I teamed up on some serious investigative reporting after this episode was done and recorded. Uh, and what I mean by serious investigative reporting is we stalked Hank Jacobs on social media. Yeah. Well, that's what journalism has kind of become. Anyhow, it turns out I, I went into this interview because I've been disconnected from a lot of stuff over the last nine months where I'm kind of locked down. I hardly ever leave the house. And, uh, you know, sometimes I check social media, Facebook, et cetera. Sometimes I don't. It turns out not only is Hank Jacobs marrying a Kansas girl, he's engaged, as we found out during the course of that podcast. I've known her for many years, and I had no idea it was her he was engaged to. So I'm very happy for Tawny because Hank's a great guy. Tawny's a wonderful person. And that's really, really cool in my book. Well, I hope after listening to this, you got a better idea who Hank Jacobs is, what he does, and what he means to Kansas State football, because his role is really significant. And his weight might have diminished. And I got to tell you, when I saw him pop up on Zoom, I almost didn't recognize him because he has lost 100 pounds through diligence, monitoring his eating, running. Well, congratulations to Hank. He's my hero in that department. I've lost 30 pounds. He's lost 100 pounds. So I lose. But in the end, we're all a winner because Hank Jacobs is part of the Kansas State football program. I thank you for listening to the Powercat Sources podcast. I'm having a blast doing these. And uh, next week, we'll be back with another coach following the Iowa State game that takes place Saturday in Ames. For Ryan Wallace, I'm Fitz, and we will talk to you real soon. Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.